Breakups are often the symptom of problems in a relationship. My workbook series, The Knowledge, is focused on helping you change your life in four key areas. Retaining the information that I teach, personal growth, improving your relationships, and of course, reattracting your ex. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. Hi there, I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about secure, anxious, and avoidant. Again. Yeah. Or still. We're going to be talking about the attachment styles today because attachment is absolutely critical in understanding relationships, love, and breakups. Yes. And Margaret and I have really tried to help you guys understand this because when you get the insight and you start to see things more clearly, it can help you put the pieces of the puzzle better together. Yes. Okay? So today we're going to be talking about Sue Johnson, mm -hmm. who has not had the pleasure of meeting me yet. No, but you found her <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, yeah, a long time ago. A long time ago. And I absolutely love her work. And I was going to try and go to a convention last year where she was presenting at. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll make it to the next one because she would love be, to meet me. She so would love to meet you and she'd love to know what you've done with her theory. I'm sure she really would. Um, Sue Johnson um, is one of uh, my favorite clinicians out yes. there. Yes. Um, She's a current Bowlby. Yes. Um, and she takes some of her work from Bowlby. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bowlby we uh, just talked about in another recent video. Yes. And Sue Johnson really started to understand attachment and stuff like that. I think probably based on some of his Based stuff. on much of Bowlby's work. Mm -hmm. So she's very important too. And uh, been very... What's the word I'm looking for? Very informative to the world. Influential I mean, yes, into yeah. me and yeah. coming up with the different stuff that I have learned. And you know, it's very important, and I did it for many different people who I think had a big influence. You try to see them speak, hear them speak before they, they die or move away or get mm -hmm. old or whatever they mm -hmm. do. So we'll make an effort to hear Sue Johnson at some point. Um, well, she should come to us, Margaret, at this point. <laughs> Wait till she sees what we've done with her work. She'd be very happy. She's one of those people... She's going to send us a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, right? That She's one of those people that if you hear her speak, even on TV or you know on, on Facebook, whatever, uh, you're drawn to her. Mm -hmm. She's one of those people. So even if you don't care about Sue, you'll care about Margaret and I teaching you some good stuff we hope that's so. going to help you understand your relationships and your breakups anyway, right? Yes. All right. Now, Susan Johnson was born in England and... Like John Bowlby. Yes, like John Bowlby, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, there were some early English guys who did some stuff about attachment. Now, think about the royal family. Do you see a lot of attachment there? Think about that. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're seeing a little more now, which is why we're so interested. Well, I think that uh, we saw attachment with Diana and the boys. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, I don't think the Queen was too thrilled with that. No, she wasn't. Uh, no. Um, okay, so Sue is going to, is, I'm going to read a story to you from Sue, which she has left us, and she has found stories to illustrate each um, attachment style in her own family, which she is generously mm -hmm. sharing with us here. Mm -hmm. So she says, just for fun, I've picked three of my English relatives to illustrate the three basic styles of attachment. Uh -huh. My father, Arthur, had a secure style. 
He listened when I, his only child, announced that I was going to Canada. Now think about that. That probably looked like the brave new world if you were British. Yeah. And back there, you know, many years I wonder ago. what year that was. I don't know. Probably the uh, 70s, maybe? I would guess so. Yeah. Anyway, she tells him she's going to Canada. And he told her how much he would miss, miss her and then asked if she needed anything. He there, gave, there you go. That's, that's yeah, secure right there. It's a secure attachment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, I'm going to miss you. What do you need from me? He gave me the encouragement I was longing for and also told me that I could always come back home to him if things didn't work out mm -hmm. in Canada. He also wrote me regular loving letters. He freely offered support to others as well. He had been in World War II as a naval engineer mm -hmm. and apparently the family owned a pub and he would comfort um, veterans who had lost their buddies and were crying in the pub, I guess he was a bit of a, a helper himself. Yeah. And he'd be helping them when they came in to drink or do whatever they did. So if he was probably secure, maybe with a little anxious type in yeah, him, right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he wants to help others. And he wants to help others. Do the right. caretaking thing. Yeah. Um, my lanky Aunt Chloe, who looked exactly like Popeye's love, olive oil, <laughs> Um, does everybody remember Popeye's olive oil? I think so. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, we're, hopefully we're not that old, Margaret. <laughs> had a highly anxious style. She thought my small, portly Uncle Cyril, with his Elvis Presley pompadour, was fatally attractive to other women, and that even his pot belly added to his sexual allure. <laughs> Certainly. How <laughs> could it not? <laughs> he went away on business often. Mm -hmm. And when she talked about this, Aunt Chloe would tear up and op openly wonder if he were having what she called lascivious liaisons. <laughs> now, lascivious is not a word we hear very often. No, we don't. But it's connected with the law that applies to pedophiles, that they get arrested for lascivious behavior. Mm -hmm. So she wondered if he was having lascivious liaisons, a wonderful phrase. Wow. His habitual silence when he was home did nothing to reassure her. She would hang onto his arm at family gatherings as if he were about to vaporize. Even back then, I thought that she might have been less clingy if he had been a little more open and talkative. Yeah. After all, he was hard to know, and I never felt any real sense of safety with him either. Mm -hmm. So he didn't make her comfortable either. This one's a little sadder. Tall, gruff Harold was extremely avoided. So we've been through father, secure, Aunt Chloe, anxious, anxious, and here's avoidant Uncle Harold. When I went to stay at his home and burst into tears because my teddy bear had become filthy from the mud pies I fed him earlier, and then had come apart when I scrubbed him with toilet cleaner, Harold told me, cut the soppy stuff and sent me to my room. Oh. Right? Now, as a kid, what had she done wrong? Got her teddy bear muddy. All right, but he was having none of that, you know, none of that feeling stuff. He was unapproachable, especially by little girls. Yeah. And usually spent his days in the garden and often slept on the pull-out bed in the shed. He's probably now, drunk. <clears throat> probably. I thought of that, too. Um, so he was really avoidant. When I was present, he never touched Vina his friendly, jolly wife of 30 years. Now, I don't know how she did that living with him. Um, still, he nursed her when she became ill 
and three months after she died, he committed suicide. Wow. He couldn't be close, but he couldn't manage without her either. Wow. Um, and <clears throat> so that just goes to show you the avoidant can attach on some level. Absolutely, and it's desperately wants to be attached and couldn't live without it. Wow. And however she did it. So that goes to show you guys yeah. to think about it. Yeah. When she passed away, he was overwhelmed with anxiety because yeah. you guys always say, well, my ex is avoidant. They don't think about me. They can't, they don't miss me. Right, and that's why this is kind of a sad but a very wonderful portrayal. So that um, she's talking about how crazy it sounds, but that's what happened. And I think it's important for them to understand that even if your ex was an avoidant, it doesn't mean that they won't want you back or miss you too. And lo I love you in whatever way they can. It's just not the same as yours. I, I would guess that Vina, his friendly jolly wife, had figured out how much closeness he could and couldn't handle. Mm -hmm. All right, one more paragraph that she follows up with describing this further. Attachment styles line up neatly with the basic way we see ourselves and others. These mental models shape the way we regulate our emotions and they guide our experiences in love relationships, mm -hmm. assigning meaning to our partner's actions and becoming if this, then that. That's important. Let's talk this, about that. that. Yeah. The assigning meaning to the behavior, right? right? That's really important because an anxious person would assign completely different meaning to a behavior than avoidant would. Right. Right? <clears throat> so an anxious person might see this, the teddy bear destroyed and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Let's go sew it back together yeah. and let's take care of that for right. you. Where the avoidance says, oh, quit with this. I mushy can't handle stuff. all the emotion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so your ex is always going to be doing that with your behavior like you do to theirs. And so part of the struggle is accepting that your ex probably has a different attachment style than you and not villainize it, not say that it's horrible that they have this, but understanding it. Understand it. it. And, and saying, you know what? There are pros and cons to the avoidant attachment style. Believe it or not, I mean, if you think about it, if you grew up in a home where your parents neglected you all the time, well, if you kept going to them, you would just keep getting hurt by them. Like, but it, like if she tried to go to rough Aunt ha uh, Uncle Harold. But yeah. if eventually you say to yourself, you know what, I don't need anybody, I'm going to take care of myself, you would become more self-sufficient and you would stop getting hurt. Right. Now, of course, there's going to be negative aspects to that, like not getting close to other people in the future, but there are positive ways or things that come from being avoidant. Absolutely. Otherwise, people wouldn't do it. It protected them in a very basic way when they were children, okay? Mm -hmm. um, from being rejected or from being smothered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the same thing goes for the anxious attachment style. Absolutely. There's, there's positive things about that. If you're anxious towards people and you're always around them, well, physically, you're keeping yourself safe. You don't get lost from the tribe. Right. You don't get killed by the bear because you haven't left the, the, everybody's side. That's right. right? That's so. right. Um, <clears throat> and then she goes on to how various styles see other people. <clears throat> Excuse me. She says, people with secure styles generally see themselves as competent and worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And they see other people um, as being workable and open to love. Mm -hmm. Anxious people, on the other hand, um, tend to see other people as better than they are and have strong doubts on, uh, about their own value 
and basic acceptability as partners. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you're anxious, you think the other person is much better than you. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you worry all the time that they're going to discover that. Yep, okay? and abandon you. And abandon you, yeah. As a result, they obsessively seek approval and reassurance that they are indeed lovable and not about to be rejected. Okay? So anxious people can look needy sometimes, but it's just because they want to be reassured that they're lovable. Yeah. So be patient and reassure them. Avoidant folks, meanwhile, view themselves as worthy of love. Of love. At least they'll tell you that consciously. They, they think they're worthy of love. At least that's their conscious presentation of self. Any self-doubt is, is, is suppressed. Yeah. They have a view of others as inherently unreliable and untrustworthy. Yeah. Even in their stories and dreams, anxious people portray themselves as apprehensive and unloved, wow. while avoidance see themselves as distant and unfeeling. That's heavy duty, right? It really is. Yeah, I'll repeat it. Um, the anxious folks see themselves not as lovable and see the other person as better. The avoidant person thinks they are lovable, but sees other people as untrustworthy and <clears throat> unapproachable. Yep. All right. That's the state of things according to Susan Johnson. How generous of her to share the example from her family. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I've talked about these things with my family in, in videos over the years. Yeah. Um, my mom was anxious, but she was also um, very giving as a mom. Yes. So until her anxiety was set off, that's when she would start to not be able to hear me or listen to my needs or ignore my needs. My dad, on the other hand, is very avoidant yes. and um, but now we have a much healthier relationship I've been able to work with that I understand where he's coming from and I understand you know where his aspect and, and you, worked, you worked very hard at that yeah. yeah so now we have a good relationship um, so you know I'll share things like that in the future in future videos so you can see right. when I'm explaining examples as well but you know, these examples will help you see things a little bit more clearly, too. I hope so. It kind of makes it real. What about your parents? I mean, do you remember them? I don't know how long the memory lasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mother was probably anxious, and I think my dad was avoidant. Yeah? Yeah. Brilliant, but avoidant. He'd share with you intellectually, um, but don't ask him to be too affective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so we'll talk about this again in the future because it's so helpful. And when you hear our personal examples, sure. um, it helps you clarif clarify things. And you guys, one of the things that you need to do is not only look at your ex, but look at yourself, look at your mother, look at your father, look at your best friend, look at your boss, and try and sure. figure out what their yeah. attachment style yeah. is. Because when you can figure out them, it's going to make your life a lot easier because you'll understand their needs better. And don't think that the business world hasn't discovered this. I have taken some stuff from several business publications who are really seriously looking at relationships in, you know, the workplace. Yeah. And we were talking earlier saying, in baseball, think about it, mm -hmm. you know, there's all kinds of stuff. These people live together, they mm -hmm. play together, they're on the bus together, they stay in the hotel together. They must find some way to deal with each other. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is useful in every area. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So hopefully you found it helpful. I and hope so. Give Margaret a thumbs up for doing the research yeah. on this video.
And of course, if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching, I do Skype coaching. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. Or if you have any questions about what it was like to live in medieval England. <laughs> yeah. You can ask her in the Skype. <laughs> Uh, that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon. I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net.